And just, you know, navigating life. My name's Sasha Kelly, and I'm joined by my Sydney based friend, <laughs> Laurel Henning. <laughs> Sorry, I suddenly was like, how should I describe you? <laughs> and we also throw in a little bit of what we're watching, reading, and listening to every week as well. But let's go straight into it, Laurel. I'm putting you in the hot seat, I'm putting you under the microscope. What have you been doing in the last two weeks to form some kind of social connection? Thanks, Sasha, for putting me straight in the hot seat. So we were just talking off mic about the fact that I am a little bit of a space cadet this week. I have a, I'm at the start of another incredibly intense work period in terms of my court coverage, which means that basically I stare looking at Microsoft team calls of barristers giving their submissions to courts all day. And it makes me a little bit spacey by the time we get to this sort of bit of the day and as a result I've just managed to melt some plastic Tupperware during <laughs> while I was making my dinner but all of this to say I feel like I'm sort of I'm becoming a bit of a hermit in response to it I think that's sort of my survival mode but I was thinking about this before I mm-hmm. before we started speaking and I think what this really highlights to me are those really key friendships where when you are having those periods those really busy intense periods you can call on those people either because maybe you're having an anxiety spiral (laughs) or to just say, I'm really tired and I'm not in the best frame of mind. Can we have a chat or can you just understand the fact that I'm not as available as I might usually be? And they're the sort of those rock friendships. So I think this week I'm just really appreciating that really intimate circle of friends that, yeah, know me through and through for those periods when you have to say no to a few things. And then I realised that we're in what some people on social media are terming November. Have you seen this? Oh, I haven't. I've seen a lot of um, NaNoWriMo. Is that how you say it? Um, the novel mm. writing I don't... Um, November. And I've seen a lot of... I haven't seen much Movember this year. I'm trying to think of all the November things. And I was going to do no spend November for Ooh. myself just as like a control yeah. mechanism because I spend so much money online. Um, sorry, we're getting off topic, but um, the answer is no. I haven't heard of no. So the idea is that you say no to the things that don't serve you, no to the meaningless things or the things that maybe you're saying yes to out of a sense of obligation now I because I am a people pleaser rail against this for the most part because I always think oh this is just an excuse for people to be rude and selfish isn't it isn't it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but when I am also in a very very busy period of life realizing that I really need to prioritize you know one night a week where you're just not doing anything for instance it is important to say no to a few things so last night I employed what my gorgeous friend Alice and her boyfriend Wilson term a Victorian evening and yes it's a way to glamorize the idea of having a phone free evening basically And once I finished work, I'd managed to squeeze into a yoga class, which felt amazing because Mm -hmm. everywhere is so overpopulated at the moment because everyone's so excited to get back into gyms. And then after that, I walked back from the gym. I didn't listen to anything on my phone. I cooked my dinner in complete silence. I read my book. 
in silence. And then I had a shower and I went to bed and I had a little walk and that was it. That's so admirable. Just today, I I don't want to get off topic, but just today I realized how addicted I am to my phone and I really need to stage an intervention. I don't go anywhere without it. And there's several times today where I just caught myself picking it up. So it's really got to that stage where I'm thinking I I have to do a bit of a detox and get out of the cycle of it. I I also agree with you that um, I do think that idea of oh, I, I get the right to say no, um, can sometimes just excuse rude behavior or um, tapping out of things that actually you should do out of obligation. But I have tried, oh, I've been practicing not overbooking myself. Like I've, I've often overscheduled things where I go, oh, I can definitely fit the coffee exactly. in in the morning. And if I'm home by 12.30, then I'll be able to turn it around. And then of course, because I'm a chatterbox, I talk until 12.30. I don't get home until 12.30. I'm then rushing to the next thing. I feel really anxious that I'm late. Yeah. And so I've really practiced at the recent, like since we've come out of lockdown, of just saying, is there another day that suits? And just not putting more than one thing on any one day. And do you know what? It's really working. <laughs> It does work. And I think also a lot of my friends are experiencing this because we've gone from zero to 100 because we've all been let loose and we're just like, can't wait to see people. Mm-hmm. And you've got to put in, you've got to put in, you've got to lay down some of those boundaries, some yep. of those hashtag boundaries and take care of and yourself. And we're not match fit anymore. We're not. We're not match fit. Our brains are not ready to socialize to that degree anymore. Not to the skating around. But yeah, I was, I was trying to do the mm. same making plans for this weekend and I have just skimmed it down Mm. slimmed it down and uh yeah a a little bit a little bit of of uh no no i love it sasha what have you been doing for some social connection please say that you have been doing something because we've both been hounded i have and i think also um but i was gonna say something that's like slightly off the wall a little bit and that is when we like to be woo-woo. I do. We like I to like. get woo-woo. You only have to th- reflect on our last, I think, three episodes. We have gone really woo-woo. Well, I was just going to say it's not really a social connection, but um, when you were talking about running and I listened back to that episode and it really inspired me to um, get my shoes on and get going and get out the mm. door. And another friend of mine who I've been doing a lot of walks with had or had uh, recommended this app called the Nike Run app. Um, which I tried previously and not liked, but they've since I last tried it, really updated it. And um, they've got a whole range of um, exercises in there now, everything from five minutes through to 60 minutes, and they're all guided runs. And so I think what I was going to say is that um, it has totally changed my relationship with running in a really good way. And I'm finding that I've only run once once this week, but that's because I've been doing lots of my boot camp. But um, I've got a my pace is great. I'm running for longer. I'm finding it a really uh, beneficial 20, 30 minutes in my day. Um, and then I went to boot camp and I, like an evangelist, told everyone <laughs> about <laughs> the magic of Nike Run Club and ended up in all these conversations throughout the week. I can't stop talking about it. I feel like a, a traveling saleswoman. Um, you're also really motivating. Just... Sorry, you're really motivating my running as well. By the way, because I oh. had to take a couple of weeks off 
a little my knee was giving me a little bit of a twinge so I had a little rest and then I was getting mm. back into it and your pace and your just your enjoyment of it is really inspiring me you're way faster than me uh, by the way as well I I think something's wrong with my clock because I'm not that fast. <laughs> but then I watched this video the other day of um, one of the Kenyan marathon runners and they call it the Kenyan shuffle. And he just sets off and it looks like he's just shuffling along, but he's going at a pace of uh, a kilometer per five minutes. And it's it's just amazing to watch. But anyway, I'm, I guess what I was going to say is that when you prioritize yourself, mm. um, you find and and when you share it and you share it from a pers- uh, perspective because the app asks you to post um or talk to some or go home and tell someone your success the app like asks you to be quite on the front foot about celebrating the fact so that good. you ran and what i what i found is once again using instagram and posting about my runs is people are really happy to reach out and say, well done, oh, I'm so impressed or I'm going to go for a run now. And and so just in a roundabout way, it's just made me feel really connected to all these people in my life. All the secret runners come out from the woodwork. I only did 15 minutes today, but I felt, I just feel really good. So yes, two things there. Do something you love and shout about it because people come and um support you Mm. and also nike run club is great and i highly recommend it (laughs) why don't we talk about what we've been watching okay on the television or the big screen because we can go back to cinemas now i know i yeah i'm so i'm so ready there are a couple of things because there's a bit of a delay isn't there in the releases now here and there are a couple of things that i'm really excited for um can't wait to get to dune can't but I'm trying to read the book first which is a stupid task to have undertaken mm. and also the new James Bond movie <gasps> I was gonna say I've, I'm such a sucker for James Bond and I love Daniel yeah. Craig and I can't wait it's one of those it's gonna be you know that's an event uh, cinema outing but what have I been watching a couple of episodes ago I talked about binge watching sex education but I also talked about the fact that I don't often binge watch tv series well, mm-hmm. I have found my latest binge watch. Last Thursday, the second mm. season of Love Life dropped. Is this going to be yours as well? Yes. I'm doing a shoulder <laughs> shuffle. Let's just get into it. Let's just we talk about it. We can just talk about it. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So first of all, this dropped on that anxious spiral day that I was indicating to in our earlier on in, in the pod. And I... Rather than making good choices and coming home from a yoga class and having a bath and reading my book, I decided to watch all three episodes that were available of Love Life last Thursday, not realising that they had done a just three episode drop. I know. But I never watched the first season. So I've gone back and watched the first season. I've only got one episode left. I didn't manage to get it all done, I know, before we've recorded. But my gosh, it's fantastic. So Love Life is... Well, how would you describe it, Sasha? Give it. Oh, I was going to say, give us the wrap up. The wrap up. Um, it's been a while since I've seen the first season, so correct me um if I'm wrong. But it's Anna Kendrick. Yeah, is the main character, and it basically follows her. Uh, I would say in chapters of her life. Yes, it just jumps, jumps in and follows her as she dates. And I think, and now correct me if I'm wrong, the premise is that we are we have about seven 
serious or significant relationships before we find the person that we end up with yeah and so it it tracks those seven and so Mm -hmm. you know at the end she's going to end up with someone but the question is is it someone that you've already met is she going to revisit a love with someone that she's already had a connection with or is it going to be someone new and it's actually based on Mm. a lot of Anna Kendrick's own dating experiences she was she wrote some of it that's what I've read I hope I'm not telling a furphy and I just think it's I mean I love a rom-com so it's right in the pocket for me for that really joyous chocolate ice cream good book on the couch got a blanket just want to lose yourself in someone else's alternate reality for a couple of hours so when it came out when the first season came out I have to say I love that you said I love Anna Kendrick and I love a rom-com so those I Mm. saw this poster with Anna Kendrick on it and the word love life above it and I thought well geez we don't need this we don't need another one of these, do we? Really? We always no. do, Laurel. We always do. Which is why I'd never watched it until now. Well, I've eaten my words because <laughs> it, it it teaches you so much. It's so bang on. The references are fantastic down to her mum reading her paragraphs of this woman I've just started reading, Brene Brown, when the episode is set in about, I don't know, 2016. Really so, so bang on. The fact that in her teenage years when she's about 15 this guy at school plays her John Mayer's Continuum album that 100% happened to me that entire episode felt like a window (laughs) into my teenage years right down to the fact that it was can't trust myself with loving you and him air shredding on in the in the in the room yeah that just felt very familiar but so the and, and I think it's really teaching you the fact that your life will not look how you're expecting it to look but it will and can still be good. And the work you do on yourself, so a call back to our last episode, is Mm. really important. And what you're willing to put in, Mm. if you're willing to sort of just live your life and see what comes to you, I think as well a little bit. Yeah, and I love that it jumps over really significant moments into Mm. more the aftermath of specific events. I think that's really well done. And the second season is very similar in that so far. But there were two moments in the first episode, particularly, I think it kicks off within, in, at, a, at a high mark. Mm-hmm. The first episode, the heat between those two characters <laughs> had me saying rude words aloud twice in the first episode. I could not get over it. The... The stuff that's discussed between them in terms Mm. of um, race in relationships, it's just really, it's really good. (laughs) And William Jackson Harper, I would do so many things. (laughs) (laughs) I think you texted me that before, so that made me laugh. Um, I was going to say what I loved the most about the first season was actually the the supporting characters Mm. um I loved how as she made um certain decisions and certain things that happened that I think are quite um you know bad like the decision to stay in relationships that weren't really working and that was quite clear to everyone else or to the decision to revisit relationships that maybe hadn't run their full length the Mm -hmm. first time but you couldn't really remember why they 
were bad, but then it becomes apparent when you're adults that you're quite different. Um, but what I really loved as well was just that um, parallel relationship between, was it yeah. Sarah, the best friend, um, and her longstanding boyfriend? Yes. They never really move out of um, that adolescent relationship mm. and he's ready to get married and he's ready to settle down and she's just not mm-hmm. ready. And I thought that was just a really nice juxtaposition. And and what I love about romantic comedies is that they're all, yes, they're all stereotypes and they're all archetypes, but that's because life is full yeah. of them. <laughs> and so you watch it and you go, it's not exactly my life, but... I know a lot of people like that or I've done things like that and it it just makes you feel a little less Mm. alone and that's why I love them. And yeah, it's still, Um, it's it's exploring them, I think, with a more modern lens, through a more modern lens mm. and I think that's really well. So it does feel like a little, it's a refreshing take on the romantic comedy whilst also using those archetypes yes exactly as you say to deliver episodes that make you think like I did. John Mayer's Continuum! (laughs) Mm, I'm just really excited. I, I, the three, there's three more episodes out tonight. Probably going to end up binge-watching them too late tonight. Um, Probably me too, Mike. Go get some chocolate from downstairs. Something that I wanted to say as well about the second season, which I forgot to mention when we were talking about Ted Lasso and how much I love Hannah Waddingham, is mm. that the... Oh, and I haven't made a note of her name, which is poor form, but the actress um, in that first episode that William Jackson Harper meets at the party. Mia. I think her Mia. name... She's one of the two dope queens. I think it's Jessica. I'm going to find out for you okay. while you tell me the facts. So the actress who plays Mia, and the reason I'm linking this to Hannah Waddingham in Ted Lasso is because as someone who... this And this is a running joke with some of my friends because in my mind, I think I'm so much taller than I actually am. But because when I was a teenager, I was a lot taller than everyone around me because not everyone had had their growth spurts at that point. I have internalized that I am a complete giant and am quite self-conscious about my height and my size. And so when you watch on TV, really not just tall and like super skinny, but statuesque Mm. women who really know how to carry Mm. themselves. I find that really empowering and joyful to watch. So I really enjoy that as well. And I love that Mia's quite a bit taller than um, William Jackson Harper, I think as well. (laughs) Um, Her name is Jessica Williams. Jessica Williams. And she actually has a podcast called Two Dope Queens. (sighs) Well, I like her a lot. There you go. (laughs) Excellent. Well, why don't I kick on to what I'm reading, seeing as we watch the same thing? Please do. We accidentally did another cultural blockbuster. Absolutely. Well, nothing wrong with that because it is a cultural blockbuster. Um, I subscribe. So similarly to you, I haven't been that airheaded this week, but I just have had no capacity to do anything other than just go to work, watch a lot of TV, see people and then go home and go to sleep. I haven't really done much in terms of stretching my brain and reading. Um, so I've actually brought an email subscription mailing list that I'm a member of. And it used to be called Brain Pickings, but it's which is, I don't know, as a name, but it's just changed its name to the, mar- I'm going to absolutely slaughter this, you but got it. The Marginalian by Maria Popova. 
and she just collects I actually I actually subscribed to this because Zoe Foster Blake uh put it on her Instagram a couple of years ago and I thought oh I like reading email newsletters so this might be something that I'll like and most of the time I just flick through it but today uh I really read it and the first article was actually this artist who's doing uh, microscopic photos of tears. Whoa. Yeah. And, and she'd got people to cry in relation to different prompts. Um, so she's got photos of tears of grief. I'm putting air quotes. <laughs> tears of change. Tears of possibility. So depending on why you're crying. And then she took microscopic photos of the actual water droplets on your face. And they kind of look like snowflakes. But the real purpose of what I was, what I read and what I reflected on was she'd written uh, a kind of, what would you say, a piece about a book that's just come out called Wintering, The Power of of rest and retreat in difficult times is this your choice no but I've read that book and I would highly recommend it to one and all oh and I think I I think I did you talk um, about it no it was it was before our time Sasha but I had a lovely interaction with her on social media when I did review the book really Instagram post yeah fantastic well I haven't actually read the book but she wrote quite a nice it's a couple of hundred words uh little essay that's just talking about how it's a really relevant book for our times and it's just really beautiful and there's a little chapter I mean you've obviously read it but she just said since childhood we are taught to ignore sadness to stuff it down into our satchels and pretend it isn't there as adults we often have to learn to hear the clarity of its call that is wintering it is the active acceptance of sadness it is the practice of allowing ourselves to feel it as a need it is the courage to stare down the worst parts of our experience and to commit to healing them the best we can wintering is a moment of intuition our true needs felt keenly as a knife and that's a beautiful thing to read it just sits so well in the mouth which is a weird phrase to say, but as I read it out loud, I really loved it. Um, and, and I just read it on my lunch break today and it just gave me a little bit of food for thought and I reflected on it and she put some really beautiful pictures of trees in and um, and I thought, oh, there's another book to add to my No Spend November shopping list. Um, and I'm really glad to know that you've read the book and really liked it. But yeah, this is more a kind of, I should say, a summation and like thought piece about Maria's reaction to the book. But <laughs> it's a nice little rabbit hole of things to wander down, I think. It's a beautiful book. I think it really promotes the, as well, as that summation so beautifully describes, it's not so much the idea of wallowing as sitting in where you are and accepting Mm. where you are to move into it question it investigate it and and learn from it it will also give you wonderful encouragement for open water swimming that I think is fantastic yeah Mm. which is which is which is really nice the benefits of open water swimming and if you're looking for a podcast about the importance of sadness the there was a recent episode of Pandora Sykes's um, Doing It Right podcast that she does to accompany her book, which we've spoken about before on the pod. And she interviews someone about sadness. 
there's an all, there's also an episode about grief, but th- there is one about sadness and recognizing the importance of it that I think is one of the best things I've listened to in a really long time and perfectly accompanies the thesis of wintering, I think. Oh, fantastic. Well, I think what I would recommend, as well as this actual um, piece of content, is just to open your junk email in your (laughs) inbox and see what's hiding there. Because this was one of those moments today where I went, you know, I always skip over this email. Maybe I'll just give it a proper Mm. read. And I just, it just gave me a little 15 minutes of, oh, that was, wasn't that time when well spent to think about things. Anyway, what are you reading at the moment? Okay, so I have just recently finished Mm. this Oh, delightful. Laurel is holding up a book to the camera to give me the full experience. That's a gorgeous cover. It's a good cover, isn't it? It's called Great Circle. It's by Maggie Shipstead. And the cover is a sort of burnt pink um, sunset, burnt pink clouds against blue sky. And in you won't be able to see Sasha, but there's a really small plane on the cover as well. Oh, and this I book, see. This book was shortlisted for the Booker Prize, which was announced last night. Um, and she didn't win, but (laughs) I really wanted her to. I loved this book so much. Um, Anyone who listened to earlier episodes of our podcast and heard me waxing lyrical about Sarah Winman's still life will know that I love a multi-generational, multi-time period tale, and this delivers, Mm. folks, this delivers. So (laughs) the plot of the story covers about 100 years, basically Mm. between 1914 and 2014 and it's Mm -hmm. a split narrative another box tick for me so you've Mm -hmm. got a movie star who is called Hadley Baxter who's sort of in our closer to closer to now period and yeah but what a fantastic name and I'm sort of imagining her as a Kirsten Stewart Jennifer Lawrence but a little bit more chaotic type of character who's been in a Dakota Johnson kind of okay yeah yeah yeah. she's been in a really successful franchise of movies sort of like Twilight Mm. Hunger Games sort Mm -hmm, of thing mm -hmm. adapted from a book and she Mm. is trying to extricate herself from that but also just is completely self-sabotaging her career by making really bad life choices and decisions so she gets sacked from this franchise she's looking for her next role she gets landed with the script of the story of the life of Marianne Graves who was a female pilot in the 50s and who attempted Mm -hmm. to circumnavigate the the globe north to south starting in New Zealand going up over the North Pole coming back down over the South Pole and hoping to land back in New Zealand she disappeared on that flight she's fictional completely fictional but it's all inspired by Amelia Earhart Amelia Earhart is one of the many female pilots referenced in this book it is one of the most well-researched books I've ever read um, I didn't realize there were so many female pilots. There were so many. Either. So there were lots of women who flew um, planes in the Second World War, but not in battle so much as they were ferrying planes around uh, Europe mm. from different places. Um, a, so there were a lot of women in America before America joined World War Two, and they went and flew for um, Britain in the war. Um, yeah. Wow. So 
she's used all of these true events to create this fictional narrative for Marianne Graves and Hadley Baxter ends up playing Marianne Graves in a film about the flight that she took where she disappeared and it cov- the book covers both of their stories and um, it's just fantastic it's it's just so good <laughs> your face is just lit like lit up with joy I don't think I've seen anyone you excited about a book like this in ages there it so that's a yeah thrill. there it I would say this is one of three books this year that have really given me hope, given me a sense of adventure that I found completely absorbing. And boy, at a time like this, do we need books like that. So great circle. Maggie Ship said, I, I just want it to be a movie. And I um, I mean, it sounds I'm cinematic. ready to promote the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to go become a film producer or, or or send it to Reese Witherspoon or something. Oh, yeah, she'll she'll snap this up. Snap it up. Yeah, she loves buying books and, and reading and things like that. Oh, well, that's fantastic. I'm putting that again on my no, no, <laughs> no spend, spend November, November. Spending all my money in November. Maybe I'll have to go to the library, to yeah, the library. and borrow yeah. it. So mm-hmm. that's me. Sasha, what have you been listening to? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, this isn't a long recommendation. These, as I said, I've been feeling, um, so with my rediscovery of running, um, I've been turning back to music. Oh, got to get that running playlist right. You've got to get a running playlist. And I've got two new songs that have been recommended to me by friends this oh, week. Good, because I tell you what, get into it. Yeah. has changed my running game. No end. So thanks for oh. that. Well, I've got two more for you, which definitely fit in the feminist rap category, which is my category of choice. One is called Marie Antoinette by a singer called Boyfriend. Okay. It's really I'm gonna good. I'm going to add it it's tonight for tomorrow morning's run. I'm, I'm here for it. It's got so it's it's a rap song um, and it sounds like a rap song, but it has so many uh factual historical <laughs> references to Marie Antoinette in it and then also one of the lyrics is something like you'll see me at the opera my favorite is Madame Butterfly you know it's just one of those ones where you're just bopping All along to it crossover references ticking your musical knowledge boxes and then yeah and then I thought when someone was writing these lyrics they knew enough about opera to know that that, that is an opera and that is the one that they would choose. Um, And then the other one that was played to me, it's just the word boyfriend is similar in both of these. The other one that my friend Emma played to me is called A Hundred Boyfriends and it's by Alice Longyu-Goa, G-O-A. Um, and it's also excellent. It's about a girl who said she just needs a hundred boyfriends because she doesn't want a time of day when someone isn't texting her and telling her how fabulous she is. And both of them. She just wants to be the rose in the relationship. Let her bloom. Exactly. So she's saying, I've got a hundred and don't be jealous because I'm just fabulous and it's not my fault that they all love me. And then the Marie Antoinette song, she's just saying, I want to have a million dollars and I'm going to spend it like Marie Antoinette. And then the, the chorus is just let them eat cake. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. A historically inaccurate phrase. Yeah, well, that's true. But, you know, um, that was... I couldn't help myself. I, couldn't, I, I mean... Just let it go, Laurel. It is, 
Oh, but um, they're both bops and uh, I really enjoy running to them. And so that's what I've been listening to, actually. They're, they're my um, they're my recommendations. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. What that's about you? Good. What have you been listening to? Well, I have been listening. I have been particularly enjoying over the past couple of weeks, Sasha. Now, I just need to give a, head, a heads up to mm. our listeners that, as you could tell from our Love Life segment, we do not tell each other before we record what we are, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what we are going to discuss. So mm. our surprise and enjoyment is as it's organic genuine. as you, as you mm. hear. But uh, full disclosure, Sasha works on the podcast that I'm about to recommend. Oh. <laughs> but I've so enjoyed it. I've been so enjoying it that I just thought, this is really good and I I mean plenty of people already know about it but I want more people to know about this so it's called you're in good company and it's a po- I'll just don't say a thing Sasha I won't I'm a- too embarrassed <laughs> it's about investing in your 20s and I just love that it breaks down a topic that I find incredibly intimidating and difficult to understand But particularly their last two episodes, I don't know whether it is their last two, but there's the last one about cryptocurrency and the one with the CEO of Adore Beauty. One, because I know how much you love Adore Beauty. So I was like, this is a real milestone for this podcast to have got the CEO of Adore Beauty, which is such a successful company and it's just had a huge public listing. But also the cryptocurrency episode, because I feel like cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. floats around us in the atmosphere and hardly anyone actually understands what it is or how it works. (laughs) For a really long time, I thought Bitcoin and blockchain were exactly the same thing. And then I had to learn for work that they weren't. And (laughs) things like that. And I just think it's so important to democratise this kind of information and do it in such an enjoyable and approachable way. So it's called You're in Good Company. Sasha produces it. It's really, really good. And I just think everyone should be listening to it. So, yeah. I can't, I can't add anything without sounding, um, without getting embarrassed. But oh no, they work really, really hard, Manny and Sophie. And in particular, the crypto episode that we just released, I'm incredibly proud of. And also because I feel the same about crypto. It's something that I've had to have a rapid learning curve on. And, and also it's such an interesting space because the people who believe really mm. believe yes and the people who really don't it's a really, really divisive topic don't. actually yeah. yeah and and so it's oh but you know if you're like us and and if you're listening to this then I hope you're similar to us as well and you love a good debate and you love mm. kind of getting in the weeds of something and thinking just what is the value here and what what's going on then i love reading and learning about crypto because I think it it is one of those things where it could be the you know we could be on the edge of the precipice of uh the revolution or the kind of huge change yeah we're on the precipice of a huge shift and that could be monumental and really exciting for where we're going so yeah the uh, the other thing I just wanted to say about it when I was thinking a little bit earlier was that podcasts like this while they are not financial advice and you should seek yours elsewhere <laughs> you're well practiced at for, that <laughs> give a really good insight into look we're at a time where property prices if you're not in a couple and if you don't have wealthy parents mm. who can hand you a deposit I know I think two people who have 
bought themselves property without help from family or without being in a dual income couple. And Mm -hmm. when you're at a period in your career where you're thinking, I am saving, but I'm nowhere near saving for a deposit, but there must be something better I could be doing to save for my future. An insight and an introduction into thinking about investing is hugely beneficial and it's something that clearly people in our generation are talking and thinking about more and more and and I think it's really important to have information about something like that freely available and accessible and not just in the traditional forms of media and business journalism that we're used to. Mm. I I will just say because I'm like how much do I say without turning us into a financial podcast um I started investing when I was 25 and it was because I'd read a book that had encouraged me to, but I found it a very intimidating process and it took me a really long time to kind of pull the trigger, if that makes sense. Um, Probably about a year of the money sitting in my account, reading, thinking about it. And then I was very, very anxious when I did buy it. And so I do think and, and I remember telling a couple of people that I'd started buying shares and the reaction was, oh my God, like, mm. you're so brave. Um, I could never do that. Um, I, I didn't really get that uh, feedback loop of, oh, I invest too, no. which now tends, now mm-hmm. has started to happen to me. But at that time, it was very much, I felt like a real anomaly. And I think this is also the advent of podcasts is that all of a sudden there are all... It, you can have secret activities or things that you do quite independently from your friends or or that you choose to invest your time in that your circle might not share with you and you can find friends through podcasting Mm -hmm. you can find a community you can find um other people who are going through the experience with you um and i so i do think you know what a difference five years makes because that's pretty much the time that I've been investing and it's and it's been a remarkable shift um I still don't have many friends Mm -hmm. who invest and and so but I do have more I I through my work and through listening to the podcast have found mutual or friends who are acquaintances who I can now talk about investing with because I didn't realize that they did but then I found them through our social media and things like that so there you go well, that was very kind. Yeah, that was really kind that you said that. Well, I've thought it for a while, but this was the this was the first time where I thought, oh no, this is genuinely one of the best things I've listened to in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and I was so excited about it. Oh, and it was so good. Yeah, it was just really well done. So yeah, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. I know we sound so surprised every time. Make sure you come and follow us on Instagram. That's probably the place that we hang out the most. So that's at three wheeling pod. Laurel's giving me the nod because she is the queen of Instagram. Um, and then you can also just send us an email. Uh, so it's threewheelingpod at gmail.com. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear if there's anything you've been watching, listening to, or reading that you want us to look at. Or we are also thinking about things we might do with the podcast in the future. Do we create some Spotify players with some music recommendations? Is that something you'd like to see? Do you want a little newsletter in your inbox from us, maybe? Um, All of these sorts of things to be discussed and thought about. Let us know what you think. But for now, bye-bye.
Bye. Let's go watch Love Life. <laughs>